Welcome. Thank you for listening. We're currently working our way through the book of Joshua, celebrating the God who keeps every promise he has ever made. If you're in the Milwaukee area and you're looking for a church home, we'd love to meet you. You can connect with us more through our website, harvestcommunity.org. Well, this morning we have a guest preacher with us. His name is Pastor Alain Alfonso. Um, he is a pastor in Guatemala City, Guatemala, at Casa de Libertad. And he is a friend of a very good friend of our fellowship, Pablo DeGilio, who's preached here many times, a very good friend of mine. And uh, I, I met Alain a little while ago through him, and he's becoming a friend. He and his wife, Nancy, are here and I would ask that we make them feel welcome this morning. And he's graciously, which is a big deal if you've never preached before, he's graciously agreed to be in our sermon series, which is great. A lot of guests will uh, you know, want a topical sermon they've already preached or something. He's going to continue on the journey with us in Joshua chapter 9, and I have the privilege of reading the whole text for us uh, this morning. So Joshua chapter 9. When all the kings heard about Jericho and Ai, those who were west of the Jordan in the hill country, in the Judean foothills and all along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea toward Lebanon, the Hethites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, they formed a unified alliance to fight against Joshua and Israel. When the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they acted deceptively. They, they gathered provisions and took worn out sacks on their donkeys and old wineskins cracked and mended. They wore old patched sandals on their feet and threadbare clothing on their bodies. Their entire provision of bread was dry and crumbly. They went to Joshua in the camp at Gilgal and said to him and the men of Israel, we have come from a distant land. Please make a treaty with us. The men of Israel replied to the Hivites, perhaps you live among us. How can we make a treaty with you? They said to Joshua, we are your servants. Then Joshua asked them, who are you and where do you come from? They replied to him, your servants have come from a faraway land because of the reputation of the Lord your God. For we have heard of his fame and all that he did in Egypt and all that he did in the two Amorite kings to the two Amorite kings beyond the Jordan, King Sihon of Heshbon, King Og of Bashan, who is in Ashtaroth. So our elders and all the inhabitants of our land told us, take provisions with you for the journey. Go and meet them and say, we are your servants. Please make a treaty with us. This bread of ours was warm when we took it from our houses as food on the day we left to come to you. But see, it is now dry and crumbly. These wineskins were new when we filled them, but see, they're cracked. And these clothes and sandals of ours are worn out from the extremely long journey. Then the men of Israel took some of their provisions, but did not seek the Lord's decision. So Joshua established peace with them and made a treaty to let them live. And the leaders of the community swore an oath to them. Three days after making the treaty with them, they heard that the Gibeonites were their neighbors living among them. So the Israelites set out and reached the Gibeonite cities on the third day. Now their cities were Gibeon, Shephira, Beeroth, and kiriath Jerim. But the Israelites did not attack them because the leaders of the community had sworn an oath to them by the Lord, the God of Israel. Then the whole community grumbled against the leaders. 
All the leaders answered them, we have sworn an oath to them by the Lord, the God of Israel, and now we cannot touch them. This is how we will treat them. We will let them live so that no wrath will fall on us because of the oath we swore to them. They also said, let them live. So the Gibeonites became woodcutters and water carriers for the whole community as the leaders had promised them. Joshua summoned the Gibeonites and said to them, why did you deceive us by telling us you live far away from us when in fact you live among us? Therefore, you are cursed and will always be slaves, woodcutters and water carriers for the house of my God. The Gibeonites answered him. It was clearly communicated to your servants that the Lord your God had commanded his servant Moses to give you all the land and destroy all the inhabitants of the land before you. We greatly feared for our lives because of you, and that is why we did this. Now we are in your hands. Do do to us whatever you think is right. This is what Joshua did to them. He rescued them from the Israelites, and they did not kill them. On that day, he made them woodcutters and water carriers, as they are today, for the community and for the Lord's altar at the place he would choose. This is Joshua 9, and this is the word of the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. God, I ask that your word would come in power. I ask that Pastor Align would feel the freedom of your Holy Spirit that transcends nations. I ask that it would be an act of worship to sit under the teaching of your word. And I ask that we would not sit still with it, but would leave changed because of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Hola. Ah, good. I had been praying for a miracle. Either I have a perfect English or you guys learn Spanish. So let's make a test. Repeat after me. Feliz Navidad. Okay, one more time. Feliz Navidad. Okay, this is going to be harder. Feliz Navidad, prospero año y felicidad. Okay. Can you do it? Have you, have you heard that song before? Okay, okay. So we're good. It's going to be in Spanish then. Uh. What a great story, right? I love Bible stories. They're so good. They, 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 they give you all this drama and, and they show you how we are, how we uh, think, how we proceed. Uh, I think we should read the Bible more often, don't you think? I encourage you to do it. I should do it more often because it has these great stories. But something that happens to me when I read the Bible is that sometimes I read it in a religious way instead of a, the right way. And what I mean about reading the Bible in, in a religious way is that I read through every story and I pick sides. Like there's good people and there's bad people. And I always see myself as one of the good people. But... Reading the Bible the right way will be there's bad people and there's Jesus, nothing else. So before, before we start, I want to tell you a little bit about myself. I really like sports. Does anybody like sports here? Okay, I like sports. I like watching them, but I'm not very good playing them. 
Um, I, I, I'm not very good playing team sports. So uh, I, I stopped playing just because I always got the blame if my team loses. <laughs> It's like it's because of line. He's 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 not good, and I don't like. <laughs> I just don't like that feeling. So I start I start playing individual sports. So I like tennis, and I like ping pong, uh, and I like chess, which a lot of you won't think it's a sport, but it is a sport. <laughs> it's a sport. And uh, not too long ago, I uh, I saw a friend uh, playing on his, on his on his phone, chess. And I was like, oh, it, it has been a long time since, since I played. So I download the app, which is chess, um, and, uh, and start play, playing. But since it was a long time ago since I played, um, I wanted to start humble. So I started the very first level, the beginner's level. And I start playing, and I won. And I played the next level, and I won. Uh, so I was like, I was feeling very, very good about myself, and was like, oh, I might be this brilliant mind, or this is really for like children or something. <laughs> so I start just just playing and start getting the the levels up. So I was feeling very good about myself, and my ego was, you know, on the sky, on the clouds. Uh, when I reach the advanced level. Things change, uh, but since my I was all pr proud about myself and just playing and just start making moves without thinking, which is pretty much the worst thing you can do on chess. So you pro you probably figured out what happened. Two months, two two moves later, I was defeated by the computer. But but I saw that in the right top corner. Of on the app, there was an icon of a light bulb, and if you press there, it will give you an advice. It will tell you what the next move should should be. And I was like, I, I, I don't want to do that because it, it it won't make sense. It will be just the computer playing against the computer. So I was pride enough. So I just continued playing, and yeah, that happened. I I was defeated, and like my all my pride and my ego just was. Yeah, you know. Um, at that moment, the Holy Spirit reminded me of a verse that we can find in Proverbs sixteen eighteen that says, "Pride comes before destruction, and an arrogant spirit before a fall." And that was exactly what it happened. Has something similar ever happened to you? Perhaps something that you where feel confident because you have success in the past and and you thought I got this or have you ever felt that you have to make a, a decision and it will be a good idea to ask someone who is an expert but you don't want to do it because you may look weak or unprepared um, or have you ever have to made a decision without counsel and it wasn't the best decision or or perhaps 
I'm just going to give you some samples, perhaps in relationships. Uh, should I start this relationship or should I end this relationship? Perhaps in, in studies, should I study? Should I go to college? So should I quit college? Should I pursue a, a new major or, or perhaps in business? Should I, uh, should I take this deal? Should I take this job? Should I move through to try to find another job? All, all of these are examples of um, or moments that we have to face a decision. And we better are wise, especially when other people are relying on us. We better be wise uh, of, on making that decision. So if my thick accent is not going to help any of you to understand, this is the key lesson that I want you to remember, okay? To avoid a mistake, seek God for every decision you make, okay? I try to make it that rhymes, so it's easier to remember. I'm not a good rapper in Spanish, <laughs> so I just, I, I try to just, just to make it easy to remember. So that's the key lesson. If you're not going to pay attention to the rest of the sermon, this is what you have to remember. But as, as we read, uh, and as Pastor Caleb told us, uh, Joshua right now is, is leading the nation of Israel. And uh, he was the servant of Moses. Moses, the guy who, who, who God used to to divide the sea, who received the Ten Commandments. So it was a great leader for the nation. And he was uh, the following leader. And he was one of the spies that went to the Promised Land to, to, see, uh, to see how it was and came back and gave a good, good news to, to the nation and to the leaders. But 10 other spies they just gave a bad inform and just just told the whole congregation to, to, to that they are big and they ha they have giants and we see ourselves as like really small. So we're really afraid and decide not to go and to trust God into the promised land. And God, like, even though he disciplined them by just walking around the desert for 40 years, 40 years, and, and for that generation not to enter to the promised land, he still showed mercy, providing the manna and not for his clothing, just not, not to get old uh, during all those 40 years. So here's Joshua, because Moses passed, passed away, and here's Joshua now leading this nation into the promised land. And I wanted to show you a map here on the, on the screen um, so you will have an idea for everything that you, you guys have been studying in the, last, in the last couple of weeks. So on the left side, you will see how everything starts. And in the middle, this is the uh, Jordan River. And we, Pastor Caleb just read what happened. And all these nations that I'm not going to try to pronounced because I don't know if it is harder in English, but they're really hard names to pronounce. But all these, all these nations from this sea to the north and through the mountains and the, in the lands, they all got together as one army and they changed. They, because they heard the news, news spread about 
what God was doing with Israel. And what happened is that the enemies got afraid and they created an alliance and everything changed. Before they were on a defend kind of position, we're just going to wait for them to come. But now, send the news, news spread, all these different uh, people or cities got together as one army and they were going to fight. That's what they, they, they were thinking. But others, the Gibeonites, think differently. Um, and I, here on the, on the right side, you will see in the right circle, it is, I'm going to try to say this correctly, Gilgal. Is that right? Yes. Good. Gilgal. That was the headquarters where the Israelites were. And in the left uh, circle is Gibeon. Is that correct? Gibeon? Okay, perfect. Between Gibeon and Gilgal, there was 20 miles of, of, of distance. Okay? That will be like, I did my research, that will be like going from here to Rochester. Okay? That's the distance. So you will have an image. Or like going to the city of Milwaukee and back. That's 22 miles. Uh, it, it will take eight hours of walking if you wanted, if you wanted to do that. So... Which, which was what they supposed to do at that moment, uh, at that time. So, when when we read these stories, uh, it, it's it's good to have a little research so we we can have an idea of what was happening there. So, people of Gibeon came, and we read through this story, and they will deceive the people of Israel, the nation, the leaders, and. On verse 14 and 15, it's the, 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 the climax of the story. And it says, Then the men of Israel took some of the provisions, the provisions that they showed, that like the old wines and the clothing, and they, but they did not seek the Lord's decision. So Joshua established peace with them and made a treaty to let them live. And the leaders of the community swore an oath to them. So this is what happened. They were really smart. They were clever. They, instead of being part of all these nations that were going to fight, they were like, we heard what just happened to Jericho and, and AI, so we're going to do differently. We're going to... Uh, we're going to do it something differently. So I just wanted to show a, li a couple of the lessons through the, through the uh, text that we need to learn about how the enemy works. First, they have a strategy. Second, they are clever. Third, they pretend, they mislead, they fake. They propose a deal that seems convenient uh, but at the end, you, we just read the story. We know it, was, it wasn't good. Then when the leaders become a little bit suspicious and ask, like, how do we know that you don't live close by? They, they maintain their character. And I think that's something, like, impressive. It's not like they got nervous or anything, they, at, at the moment they just show, oh, no, let, let me show you what, like, 
how are closed and what our provisions are. Uh, so when you have a little suspicious, it, it can be a warn to use for on making a decision. But what else? The soonest that they become suspicious, they intake entangle, 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 okay, entangle, entangle you into conversations. Like they talk, talk into you, into conversations to deceive you. They misuse the name of God, which is something that they won't be afraid. Like this remind me of when Satan come to, to tempt uh, Jesus. Satan used the word of God to tempt him to just, just trying, think, trying him to, to, to fall into temptation. And he did it also in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. If you go through all this list, he has been using the same, the same deception, the same uh, methodology to make us fall. And they deceive your sight. They present something, and that happened in the Garden of Eden as well. So that's how our enemy works. So we need to be prepared. And, and even though there's warnings and there has been a history of on this, and we can know, oh, that happened to other people, and through the whole Bible we will see this happening over and over again in our lives today, that still happens. We are deceived. We follow what is in front of our eyes. When we become suspicious, we sometimes, we don't need other people to talk into things like ourselves. We start selling what we want or what we like to happen. Um, and sometimes we even... We even use the name of God uh, or misuse the name of God. We use it in vain because we try to you know, rationalize, rationalize things just because it's something that we really want because of our nature. So with that, those warns, warnings, I wanted to just show you a couple of verses. Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians eleven fourteen says, "And no wonder, for Satan disguises himself as an angel of light." John ten ten says that he comes only to steal and kill and destroy. John eight forty four says, "A murderer from he has been a murderer from the beginning and he does not stand in the truth because there is not truth in him. First Peter 5 8 says, is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for anyone he can devour. So with all these warnings, we need to understand that we are not smart enough to just face the enemy. We need help. We are weak. We are, we, we, we need help. And that's why I want you to remind the key lesson. To avoid a mistake, seek God for every decision you make. Has, any, has anybody, anyone has asked ask you the question, if you want to have, uh, if you can have a superpower, power, which one that will be? Okay, so some people, uh, uh, wants to be invisible some other people wants to fly i always choose i wish to go back on time 
Okay, I, I wish that to have that superpower because that way I can just fix things that I pro did poorly, poorly uh, before or like just traveling to the future. Or have you ever, I wanted to show you a video of a movie that I really, really like. Okay, so, so let's, let's, let's see that scene and then we keep talking. Drying mode on. Deck drying. <sighs> Your jacket is now dry. Hey, kitty, little girl. Thanks. Keep it. I got a pit bull now. Come on. Save let's the clock go. tower. Hey, kid. I'm a hundred bucks. Will you help save the clock tower? I uh, sorry. No. Come on, kid. That's an important historical landmark. Hey, look, some other time. Lightning struck that thing. <laughs> 60 years ago. Wait a minute. Cubs win World Series. Against Miami? Yeah, it's something, huh? Who would have thought? Hundreds of one shot. I wish I could go back to the beginning of the season, put some money on the Cubs. Well, I just meant Miami. What did you just say? I said I wish I could go back to the beginning of the season, put some money on the Cubbies. <laughs> Now, this has an interesting feature. It has a dust jacket. Books used to have these to protect the covers. Of course, that was before they had dust on paper. And if you're interested in dust, we have a quaint little piece from the 1980s. It's called a dust buster. Marty! I can't lose. Marty, up here! Hey, Doc, what's going on? Stand by, I'll park over there. Perfect. Have you ever watched this movie? I love it. And this is my was my favorite part because I always thought like if that can be true, I will definitely do that. I will buy the results and why I I, I can I can just make some money on the side while I <laughs> while I travel through through time. But I that that's that's something that it it, it will be really good for all of us. Either to have the superpower of going back in time, or have a tribe. Uh, uh, um, uh, what is what's it called? Um, time machine. That's the word. But have you ever think about? Let me just. I I lost my no, notes. Uh, okay. Well, have you ever wondered if if I can just have a crystal ball? So I can know what my wife is thinking, what my husband is thinking, or my boss is thinking, my kids are thinking. Have you ever, like, desire to, to have that power or a magic ball? Well, let me tell you. Many of us would like to have someone to help us make the right decisions. In, for your future, who are married, who, who I should not marry, who are, should I uh, pursue this career, take this job, should I move, um, should I start a business? But let me tell you, there's something better than a time machine, better than a superpower, better than a crystal ball. There is someone better, a, an expert who we can consult to, for making the, a decision. 
a famous pastor once said, I, I think you guys may know him. His name is Caleb Whitner. <laughs> There's this, uh, I saw this post on Instagram not too long ago about, from this series. I, if we can just show, it says, God is not only working in present battles. That there, God is just not working in 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 the battles in the moment. He's going ahead of His people. Yes, God is with them in every place that the soles of their feet tread, tread, tread. But God is ahead of His people, making victory possible. So we have an expert. We have that icon on the top corner that we can click on it. And just ask, because he he's not limited by time. He's eternal. Nothing can limit him. So we better are humble enough to ask for his advice in every decision we make. Isn't that right? But what happened if we don't seek for God's advice? What will happen? Or what had happened to, to, to the Israelites? Well, first, they rush into pacts. They rush into co- co- a covenant, an alliance with the Gibeonites. Or Gibeonites. And Ecclesiastes 5.2 says, Do not be hasty to speak and do not be impulsive, impulsive to make a speech before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth, so let your words be few. And the rest of, the, of, of that chapter will tell you not to rush into making a commitment in front of God, in front of God because it might not be a good idea. And that's what it happened with them. They just didn't consult and, and rush into a pact. What else will be a consequence of not seeking God's advice? Well, we, it won't take too long until we realize that we were deceived. It sometimes it, that that happens to us. It, it it has happened to you when you made a decision, and a couple minutes later you find out, oh, that was really bad. That was that was wasn't smart at all. Have that ever happened to you? Well, three days later they were like they heard this rumor about oh they. It seems like the Gibeonites live around us. And they send someone, and three days later, they confirm their, their suspicion. Six days passed, and they find out there was this deception, and they fall through. And that will lead you to criticism. People will start talking about your, the leadership. And it might seem that a lot of decisions at the moment it won't affect others, but the truth is that most of our decisions will affect others uh, later on. So we better choose wisely. So we will have to face criticism. And we, that, that always happens. Like people will talk about what you do. But you can be firm when you know that God gave you that advice and you, you're just following what you're, you're just being obedient. But when you didn't seek that advice, criticism can be really heavy. You affect others. Others will be affected. You will have to face difficult conversations. The, the people of Israel came to the Joshua and the leaders, and they were like, why did you make this? We should, we should kill them. 
and and they were and the Joshua and the leaders would say like we we didn't consult God and we made this com commitment we we made an oath and now we will have to live with the consequences so they have to have face these difficult conversations that that will be something that will happen to us as well and they have to talk to the Israelites but also to the Gibeonites and say like why did you treat us and that's not a conversation that we want to have to face someone and say like hey why do you you trick me why do you trick me into this it, it will be like, difficult and they will tell you why but you still will have to have that conversation and and finally ultimate, ultimately you will be condemned for life to coexist with the enemy sometimes that's what happened with Joshua and the Gibeonites they will have to live to life and it, the the deal seemed very convenient having them as servants was very convenient like carrying water and cutting woods that's hard job and it seemed very convenient and that's how satan also presented it to adam and eve because all of his deal will seem convenient it will be convenient for me if i just do this without asking god for for counsel but after hearing all this lesson after seeing this story there's two types of people one people that will that will just think, uh, thank you, but I'm good on my own. I don't need to seek God for advice. He's too busy. He's too busy. I, I, I'm smart enough to make the decisions. To those people, I just want to remind you what First Corinthians ten twelve says, which and says, so whoever thinks he stands must be careful not to fall. But there's other type of people that's that will that might say a line very nice, thank you for the sermon, but this will have been useful five years ago, ten years ago, thirty, fifty years ago. Or or you might say or you might feel that your life is already full of mistakes, or that you made one big mistake. And let me tell you. You're not alone. And it might probably not be your last mistake. But there's good news for you and me. God is an especially specialist on redemption stories. I was just talking with Hector uh, a little while ago. And he was telling me his story about his marriage, um, about his family, story redemption. And do you want to know how God Redeem Joshua? You want to know? Come next week. Because <laughs> I'm not going to spoil. But also let me tell you, God doesn't waste anything. He doesn't waste our failures. The last thing he wastes is our pain. He uses us. That, so we can go to him and just say, like, God, I made this mistake, all these mistakes, or this one big one mistake. And he's not going to waste it. He's going to use it as he used it with, with Joshua. Come next week and the following weeks to, to, or, and, and read your Bible. You will see all, all these great stories there. 
God can turn around, can make a comeback in any of our lives. In fact, he has already done it with something that any of us can ever fix. My favorite part, and I will be ending with this, my favorite part of this story, it's on verse 24, when the Gavanites answered to Joshua and said, it was clearly clearly communicated to your servants that the Lord your God had commanded his his servant Moses to give you all the land and destroy all the inhabitants of the land before you. We greatly fear for our lives because of you, and that's why we did this. The Gibeonites were clever and cunning and deceiving to save their lives. But this is the beauty of the gospel. In front of God, we don't have to pretend. There's nothing we can hide. There's nothing that we we can show to him that will impress him. He actually knows everything that we have done. And he will save our lives just because he's gracious. Just because his grace only only through Jesus. It's only through what that we can be saved. It's only through what he did on the cross for the power of his of his blood and by for the power by the power of his resurrection that you and I can be saved. My hope for for you and me is that we can be humble enough to learn the lesson. Whether you are young or old, for every decision that you make from now on, filter it to God's advice, to, for, through prayer, for many prayers, until you're sure. Just think how your life will change if from now on, in every decision you make, you go to God and ask for his counsel. Just think about it. Think for a minute how your, your life will change, how your family will change, how your business will change, how harvest will change. If from now on, in every decision we make, we, got, we, got, we seek God for, uh, for every decision we make. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Because through your word, we can learn who you are, how you work, how we are, how much we need you. And today, we just come in front of you, before you, and realize how weak we are, how much we, we need your advice and your forgiveness. Because we had committed so many mistakes in our lives. And we had committed sin against you. But thank you, Lord, because your grace is, is big. It's bigger than our mistakes. It's bigger than our sins. So we just come to you and confess. And we trust what you say, that if, when we confess our sins, your fear and you're greatly, great in mercy, and you will clean our sins. 
So thank you, Lord, for everything that that you do in your our, our lives. We trust in you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.